This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Now, for the first hour, because Harry Douglas is on the road traveling for college game day as Oregon takes on Utah, my man Chris Carlin doing double duty. He had to deal with Joe Fordenball for three hours. Now he's got to deal with Freddie Cohen for an hour. His road to heaven is completely sealed as he's going to be here for the first hour of this show. What's going on, brother? <laughs> I'm outstanding, Freddie. I couldn't be in a better mood. I'm thrilled to hang out with you. And uh, listen, it, it's just been a magical 24 hours for me in this uh-huh. household. Yeah, because I saw the pictures on your social media handle at Chris Carlin. I'm yeah. just going to put these five words out there. Your boy got some skills. There's a chicken parm that he crafted last night. And Chris Carlin, I almost ate my phone seeing this chicken parm that you were able to make last night. I'm thinking, yes, you do. You do got some skills, my friend. Listen, I'm not going to try to pretend I'm something I'm not, okay? Okay, I would use the word novice, and that would be an insult to novices when it comes to cooking. (laughs) But this is something that I have worked on consistently. Uh And last night... yeah. It's just one of those nights, Freddie, where yeah. it all comes together. I was going to say the same thing. Sometimes you just look at something and say, yep, the oh, way I had it in my head is exactly the way I wanted to see it come to fruition. That's oh, what my happened. God. And, and juicy, mm. crispy, oh. everything you want it to be. Okay. Fresh mozzarella. Yes. Oh, man. Top notch. And I have not. Here's what's disappointing. What's disappointing? I am looking for. I am looking for the love. I have not gotten the love. I, you know, we we went to uh, we tagged Bucci Gras on Absolutely. Twitter. Absolutely nothing. The, yeah, for the chicken parm evaluation. I, I got nothing see, so far. See, that's so, that's just not good. And as of the moment, Freddie, he's dead to me. Yeah, he should be. As a matter of fact, because you know, at a certain point, he's going to be hungry, and he's going to be around you. He's going to, hey, Chris Carlin, what do you suggest? And you're going to say the same thing that you suggested to me. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You had a chance to help me out, but I put my chicken parm out there, needed an evaluation, and all you heard from John Butcher Gross was crickets. Yeah, listen, I've had more than my share of failures in the kitchen, <laughs> let alone many other places. Celebrate the victories? Yes. This was a victory to be celebrated for sure. We'll Especially, yeah. Freddie, because I was cooking it. Right. Not just for me and my wife, but my wife's friend was in from out of town. Okay. So you talk about the opportunity to score yeah. points in a marriage. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what it's about, yeah. keeping score. And the friend liked it, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes. Good. Very high on it. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. uh-huh. and it wasn't just being kind. Yes. It and wasn't. There you go. You can tell someone may not be kind. An empty plate, that'll tell you exactly I especially what you can tell when women are just being kind to me. <laughs> By the way, be kind to us and be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation. You can do that in the Dr. Pepper call them line. Hit us up at 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. By the way, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without a delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper or Parmesan chicken parm from Chris Carlin. It is the one that fans deserve. You know, also you deserve not just staying hungry, but this. The main thing, the main thing. 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 
The Main Thing with Freddie and Harry. Now, Chris Carlin, someone who shall remain nameless, Devin Kane, one of our producers, says that Victor Wimbiyama, he needed some of your chicken parm. And I said he may need the whole chicken. Other than that, the debut last night, it was choppy. It was up and down. I get it. But then he really turned special, Chris, in the fourth quarter. Four or five from the field. He was able to get to his spots. He was able to hunt down his shots. He was able to affect the game in all different facets. It took a triple-double from Luka Doncic to make sure that this is not going to be a win for San Antonio. But I'm not trying to get all hot and bothered about one game. But the specialness I saw in the fourth quarter, you say to yourself, yep, if that can continue and he can trampoline off of that, he could be that unicorn that we've heard from everybody about Victor Wimbiyama. Here's what's super impressive for me. He gets in foul trouble. He's got five fouls. He comes in the game, and he scores nine points down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Like, that is phenomenal to see right out of the gate. And and I'm always very interested when you have this level of prospect coming into the league, Freddie, to see how he is treated immediately because you know everybody right. wants to give him their welcome to the NBA shots and and bang him around and and get him used to what this is going to be uh-huh. and and really just deliver the blows so it's not so easy right out of the gate for the guy who has been super hyped and i thought last night for the most part he handled everything pretty well now there are going to be bumpy moments sure. there's no doubt yeah but I don't know how you can't be happy if you're San Antonio with what you saw from him. One of the things about Victor Wimbiyama, and I'll say this out loud, it's really fortunate for him, Chris, that he's in that market with that organization. And the hype is already as strong as dirt when it comes to that in San Antonio. Can you imagine if he was in Los Angeles with the Lakers or in New York with the Knicks or even in Chicago with the Bulls? team meetings aside after one game. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Can you imagine if he had to deal with all of that with those organizations in those cities where the media can be completely, completely excruciating no matter whether you win or no matter whether you lose? Yeah, He's gotten so much attention that he might have been more prepared for that if it had happened than others. But I just think in, in you saying that, I think about Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. I think about that being an ideal place for that kind of talent and that kind of guy. Now, I don't think that Victor Webanyama is what Tim Duncan is personality-wise right. of quiet, subdued, go out, do the job, play with an edge to you. You can trash talk on the court. He was one of the best at it and doing it in a very subtle way. But he didn't want all of that attention, and it was a perfect place for him to go and grow. And I feel that same way about Webanyama now. Now, here's what I'm curious about, Freddie. Okay. How different is this right now for Pop okay. in dealing with a guy like this mm-hmm. as opposed to dealing with uh, Tim Duncan when he comes out? Because the, the atmosphere around it is so different now, yeah. Yeah. and the athlete is so empowered as they are. Well, when Tim Duncan graduated from Wake Forest and was drafted by San Antonio, he was celebrated. Victor mm-hmm. Wimbiyama is a celebrity, and there yep. is a difference. Not saying that Tim Duncan didn't get that kind of noise and that kind of attention. when Back then, when he played at Wake Forest, he was the best player in the country. He had that personality that could diffuse any kind of bullets and arrows that were going to come at him no matter what was going to be said about him, positive or negative. But when you've been a celebrity like Victor Wimbiyama, he's like the old Paul Bunyan tale. You heard about Paul Bunyan, but no one actually saw him. We actually see Paul Bunyan now. So he's been that celebrity 
for as long as anybody who follows basketball who does not follow basketball. He's been able to take a nation known as France and put them on the map again when it comes to the NBA. He's also had the younger generation who have seen his highlights on YouTube or on NBA TV or NBA.com or social media and say, man, I can't wait till that guy gets to the NBA. We couldn't wait for Tim Duncan to get to the NBA. The anticipation because Victor Wimbiyama is a celebrity is a lot different to your point compared to Tim Duncan. Yeah, I think that's a- accurate. And he doesn't strike me as a high-maintenance celebrity by any stretch. That's fair. Um, I, I think from, every, you know, Brian Windhorst has spent a lot of time with him over the last couple of years overseas. And I get the impression that while everybody around him is very concerned, not about shielding him, yeah. but about making sure everything is done the right way for him to to set him up for success. Right. That I feel like he's going to be able to handle the coaching of Pop, if he has to be hard on him, all of that stuff. I don't get the impression that any of that's going to be an issue for Wembenyama. Well, Victor Wembenyama got in touch with his inner Tupac at the last night game. He knows that all eyes are going to be on him. You know, doesn't change anything for me. It's, of course, uh, I want to give the best show to the fans, and uh, especially in, in, in here, San Antonio, and in France. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still my job. I still got responsibilities towards my, my coach and my teammates. So, really, it's... It's not what matters. Great stuff by Chris Carlin for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let's bring in another FOS friend of the show. He is Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. Hit him on Twitter. Always a great follow at Legs ESPN. Tim, you heard what Victor Wimbiyama had to say about understanding all eyes are going to be on him. And plenty of eyes were on him last night. I thought in the fourth quarter, after going through that foul trouble, playing only 23 minutes, he said, bleep it. I'm going out there to be Victor Wimbiyama. And he really took over in that fourth quarter down the stretch. What were your thoughts about what you saw last night with the NBA debut of Victor Wimbiyama in a San Antonio uniform? Yeah, Freddie, I give him a lot of credit because, you know, look, there's obviously, you know, so much scrutiny watching this guy. We haven't seen anything quite like this physical package come into the league. So it's a primetime game. Everybody's watching. And, you know, has foul trouble, doesn't really get heavily involved in the first half. And, you know, for a young player, foreign player playing his first game in this league, you know, you think maybe that's just going to be kind of a wrap for the night and, he, you know, we'll move on to game two and see if he gets it going. He, You know, he did some things in the fourth quarter that showed you he's mentally strong, he's tough, he's ready for this, um, and he was able to, to stay prepared for opportunities as they presented themselves in the fourth quarter. But here's my overall take of what you saw, and I think this is going to be the pattern here early. Uh, the, the league is different. Everything about the league now – is set up for preservation and patience with players. You know, I go back to LeBron's first game of his career. He played 43 minutes that night against Sacramento. Okay, so <laughs> it goes to show you how the mentality is different now, and especially this organization, this particular coach. They're going to be very patient with him. He's going to play shorter uh, minute stints. You might not see a whole lot of stuff run for him. Like I saw in the first half or even in the fourth quarter, the stuff he got was opportunistic. It wasn't like they were running design plays where he was the primary scoring option on that possession. And I think that's by design. I think Greg Popovich is going to try to do everything he can to deflect pressure from him and make sure early on, you know, he's just he's having fun and he's enjoying himself and he's growing. And at times, you know, you get on a guy and, you, and yeah, I saw him express frustration with a bad turnover he had in the fourth quarter. And he's going to he's going to be able to do that. I think Pop's the perfect guy. 
to have that blend of when he needs to be a little bit harder and ride him and expect more and when he needs to be very coddling and patient with a very young player um, with his unlimited potential. So I, I think you're going to see some, some relatively quiet offensive nights out of him here in the first month or so. And he'll probably speckle that with some, you know, some 25-point games and do some things spectacularly. But I just think Greg Popovich is trying to preserve and protect with the minutes, with the way he's allocated to try to diffuse pressure from him early. And that's what I saw last night. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us. Chris Carlin in for Harry Douglas along with Freddie. And when we look at Kristaps Porzingis making his Celtics debut last night, he's terrific. He goes for 30 in the game. But Jalen Brown had a very quiet game, too. And, I'm, Tim, I'm curious as to how these roles will get defined with these three guys in terms of their scoring responsibility as this plays out over the coming weeks. Yeah, well, look, I think the, the, the engine is clearly Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown is, is sitting in the, uh, the co-pilot seat. So on a given night, yeah, some nights it's both of them. Some nights it's one guy is a little bit more dominant and spectacular. That was clearly Tatum last night. And then I think Porzingis and Holiday, you know, on a given night, they're, they're going to have control of that third option. You know, Holiday's got the ball a lot. They brought him in to be a little better decision maker than Marcus Smart was at the end of games. I think his shot selection will be better. He, you know, he, they don't give up really anything defensively. I think Holiday and Smart are on the same level. They're two of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. So they replace Smart's defense with Holiday, yet they get more ball handling, playmaking, better shot selection. Um, fewer bad quick threes at inopportune times. And so that's going to be Holiday's role. And then I think for Porzingis, what you saw last night is a lot of what he's going to do. He is the perfect complementary player for them to add to this roster because if you look at what they lost in Robert Williams, elite-level rim protector, guess what? So is Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis is a guy, and you saw it last night, four blocks. He had a number of other plays where just being in there, I could see deterred guys from going. So he gives you the rim protection of Robert Williams, but he gives you this incredible floor spacing and a 30-point capability. I mean, that's way above Robert Williams' pay grade. So you added a weapon on both ends of the floor without sacrificing defense. It's really incredible what the Celtics have done in adding these two players. And I think Porzingis, look, he had a great year last year, 23 and 8 or 9, shot a high percentage from the three. What you saw last night was what he was all last season. Some nights he'll get more opportunities than others. But with guys like Tatum and Brown and Holiday and their ability to break down defenses, Christoph Porzingis is going to get a lot of clean looks. And he spaces out to 30 feet. Horford was a guy that was pick and pop. He's got to be right at the line. The ability to go out to 28 to 30 feet on, on some of these space outs, it just means it's that much harder to get to him when you double-team Tatum or Brown on these ball screens. And you saw that last night. He's picking and popping to a place that the defense can't recover to and he's already 7-3. So it's just such a weapon. And he looks so comfortable last night. So the Celtics really scary good with what they've developed now in that starting five. On the other side, you have the New York Knicks team that had their chances. were down by nine, took a six-point lead. They missed 12 free throws. Despite that, Tim Leclerc and also Chris Carl, I want you to hear what Jay Williams and Stephen A. Smith 
on first take today when they said about the New York Knicks, despite last night, they're still going to be pretty good. I think the Knicks are the third best team in the Eastern Conference. So do I. Third best so team in the Eastern Conference. So do I. I look so at Philly, he. as much as I think they're going to blossom with Tyrese Maxey having the ball in his hands, I think it's going to be difficult for James Harden to compartmentalize his relationship with Daryl Morey. So you're going that- Celtics, Bucks, Knicks. Knicks, yes. Because yes. I also think they're better than you Cleveland. You are too. Knicks, Knicks better than East. Wow. I think they're better than Cleveland. Okay. I, I mean, they beat they Cleveland play- last year in the playoffs. They play Cleveland in back to back. I think their third and fourth game. So coming up yes. pretty soon. Okay. They'll split it. I think that's a good matchup, though. I think they're better than Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at Eastern Conference saying it's wide open. No, I think the Knicks are the third best team. Tim Lugley, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely, you know, they're the, that's, that's a valid discussion. I don't know that they're clear-cut number three. You've got Cleveland there. You've got a lot of unknowns with Philly because, as what you know, the mess that they are right now with the situation with James Harden and how that's hanging over the organization, it's going to get resolved. Uh, and, and he's going to be moved. There's no question in my mind. Now, what the Sixers have to do is recalibrate their thought process about what he's worth because the, the market value is greatly diminished. You're not getting back a young all-star. You're not getting back that caliber player. You're going to get some picks, and you're going to get a couple role players that fit in well around Embiid. And then the key is Maxi, as, as Jay Williams said. This is a guy that you're going to give the ball to and see what his ceiling is. You know, and it may be that his ceiling is all-star. And if that's the case and you got back good pieces to fit with them when they move Harden, maybe it's Philly with Embiid as the MVP on that team as the third-best team. And then you still got Miami out there lingering. So I think it's – it's look, if you make the point that the Knicks are the third-best team, you no one's going to call you crazy because you're talking about Cleveland and Philly and Miami. Those are the teams that are you, you're arguing with and absolutely – you can make a valid argument for the Knicks. And I love the way they came back in that game last night. They were outplayed, yeah. and they fought back, took the lead, and then you know Boston's talent took over late. Tim Legler with us, ESPN NBA analyst. It's Chris Carlin in for Harry Douglas today, along with uh, Freddie Coleman. Uh, I have never heard of this before, and it happened last night in the NBA. Oh, boy. A players-only meeting after the first game of the season, yeah. Tim. What is I'm going be on with, with the you, Chris? Bulls? I I've never heard of it. I listen. I'm now on what are we? Uh, Thirty-three years as a player in the league or covering the league. I haven't either, and I played on some messed up teams. I played on some teams that had dysfunction. They had dudes that didn't like each other. They had horrible coaching. Not all of them. I'm just saying. I had experiences like this. And I never experienced a team meeting on the first night. That is crazy to me that that could happen. And I, that's a bad sign that, you, you know, look, you can look at it like, hey, it's great these guys are working it out. No, I, I look at it the other way. That's not a good sign. If whatever went down in the course of that game, the lead up to the game, uh-huh. the preparation for the game, the execution in the game led you to have to ask the coaches to leave so you could air some things out in the locker room wow. after the first game that no that I think that's a bad sign and and we'll see that's that's now a situation that to follow a lot more closely um but obviously disappointed with the way they played disappointed with their defense opening night but you normally you know you chalk up some things as hey you know what it's early in the season that's typically the approach when you have nights like that uh, to see guys already huddling up you know, right after your first game of the year, that's something to keep an eye on. Well, Ron Jaworski, a buddy of mine, and Tim, you know him well, former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. He said, you can, have a, you can have a team meeting. You may have one problem going in, but you may have 50 problems going out. So that's one thing we got to watch at the Chicago Bulls, number one. Number two, and I can't believe that Billy Donovan allowed this to become public and not just keeping this in-house. I'm surprised that he went to the meeting and said, oh, yeah, I had to get out of there because guys were getting heated and they had to discuss – 
What does that say about maybe his hold as a coach that he allowed this to become public knowledge and he was the one that let people know what was going on in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, that is strange. And, and, you know, look, it's hard anymore. Today it's very difficult to keep any stuff like that quiet. I mean, when I played, I saw fistfights in the locker room at halftime that never got out. No reporter wow. ever found out about because because it was different, right? You didn't have social media, you didn't have phones in your hand. You didn't have the ability to disseminate information like that. Now it's different. So it is hard to keep it. But when, you, when you're the one that brings it up, yeah, I agree with you because that's the kind of thing that you absolutely want to keep quiet and keep in-house. Uh, as much as you can, because it's very bizarre, very strange. And look, there was also an incident during the game that was addressed after with Nick Busevich and Billy Donovan got into it, you know, in a pretty heated way on the bench. You know, night one, and this is a starter? Like, you know, you might get a guy that, that feels like he's being jerked around with his minutes, but that usually takes a few nights before you start to see a pattern. And now you go and you express something, and a lot of times, it's not going to be in the game the first time that's expressed. The first time it's expressed typically is you go have a conversation yeah. with the coach after a handful of games. Like, hey, what's, my, what's the deal with my role? I feel like I should be playing more, whatever it may be. And then the next time it happens, maybe something happens on the bench where you guys interact in that way. To, to, to have that get vocal on the bench opening night and then you go into the locker room and you are already got guys caught, that tells me that there was something else leading all the way through camp that was already in the minds of players that's bothering people. So, that, like I said, this is a very interesting thing to watch. Look, I don't think Chicago, to me, is all that relevant in the East or even in the league because there's just too many other teams that have a legit shot at contending. They're not a contender, but they've got some veteran players on that team. they got all-star caliber talent on that team, and they're an interesting team to watch. So this is something that I think everybody needs to take note of. I think it shocked everybody yeah. when I heard about that. I had to read that article twice when I saw it come out of because I couldn't believe what I was reading. I'm like, wait, so opening night? When I think about some of the dysfunction that I witnessed, oh, my goodness, and we never had that situation. Yeah, Dennis Robin played for that organization, and they never had a team meeting on opening night. So you know things are bad in Chicago having that in 2023. Great stuff by Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. Like we mentioned, a great follow on Twitter at Lex ESPN, joining Freddie Coleman and Chris Carlin, part of Freddie. And Harry, keep up the great world legs and hang in there, my brother, okay? Yeah, appreciate you guys. Talk yeah. to you soon. I love the final who had a fist fight at halftime on the team that he was on, Chris. I would love, oh to, know who, Lord. I would love to know who those, those principles were in those times. And now I'm going to go back through Tim's career and try to pick it out, you know? I was thinking the same thing. That Some team. of those Sixers teams. Uh-huh. Who was it? There, there, you know? there were a couple of ruffians that he had to deal with as, as teammates during those years. Let's put it, let's put it yeah, that way. Fair to say. Yeah, no doubt about that. Great stuff by Chris Carlin. And for Harry Douglas, joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry. And Sunday may be the last chance for this quarterback to be a starter again in the NFL. And his team needs him to come through or else. Me and Chris Carlin get into that. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. You know, there are just some things that you say that you are never, ever, ever going to live down. And when it comes to Shannon Penn being your producer, yep. things just don't, they don't seem to disappear. Chris, it's your boys. Yes, exactly. Chris, as I've said before, and I'll say it again with this staff, welcome to my world. Here's yeah, Chris exactly. Carlin and for Harry Douglas, joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also to that smart speaker that play ESPN Radio. Like Sam Darnold, San Francisco 49ers, Chris Carlin stepping in for a guy who's not here when it comes to Harry Douglas. Sam Donald, Chris, is about to do the same thing for Brock Purdy. They said that he had concussion symptoms on the flight home when they lost on Monday night to the Minnesota Vikings. I firmly believe he's not just playing to keep San Francisco upright after losing two in a row to starting the season 5-0. and I also firmly believe this is the last chance of Sam Donald to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. If he goes out there and he looks like the same Sam Darnold, and to be fair, when you have five head coaches and four offensive coordinators in your NFL career, not a lot of people could survive that and make that better. But if he goes out there with the best coaching staff he's ever had, the best talent around him he's ever had, a bunch of filthy McNasties on defense on the other side, and he goes out there and he looks like the Sam Darnold we saw in Carolina and the New York Jets, he can forget about being a starting quarterback ever again in the NFL. Yeah, this is it. And and frankly, I, I think that we're already past that point anyway. Okay. I, I get why do you think that? Well, because I there's not enough evidence to believe that he's capable of being that guy. And I get it. There have been adverse circumstances along the way. When you're brought in and it's Adam Gase and you're going through three between your last year in college and your first couple of years of the pros, you're going through three different offensive coordinators in three years. It's brutal. It's a tough situation. Then you are basically set up to fail because they haven't had any playmakers around you with the Jets as opposed to what's gone on for the last year or so right. where there have been more playmakers. So I... I I honestly just look at this situation. I mean, you've got Kyle Shanahan, who's a quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. You've got Christian McCaffrey with the oblique injury, yes, but probably going to play. Right. No Debo, right. but you still have Brandon Ayuk. You still have George Kittle. You have got a lot to work with. Offensive line, little shaky. But to your point, like, to me, this is just prove that you're an NFL backup quarterback. Okay. More than anything else. Like, okay. Freddie, I don't think anybody ever looks at him as a starter again. I think it's just, okay. can this guy be in the league for a long time? Yeah, that's completely fair, and I'm glad you brought that up because you look at a San Francisco 49ers team, they are very good about not keeping mistakes in the building. They didn't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo that he could ever get them to a championship. He was Jimmy Garoppolo is a missed throwaway from being a really multi, multi, multi-millionaire. He makes that throw in the Super Bowl. Who knows where the 49ers go? 
and where the Chiefs go because that allowed the Chiefs to not only stay in that game but win that game, and Patrick Mahomes got them down the field, and he wins his first Super Bowl. That's how razor thin that margin is when it comes to being a quarterback and a successful one having a team believe in you. Now, this team has shown if you're not working out, we will move on from you. They moved heaven and earth for Trey Lance, and when he didn't work out and they had Brock Purdy, they said, get him out of there. If you're Sam Darnold, you understand the landscape. This is an organization that said we believe more in you as a backup and Brock Purdy as a starting quarterback, two guys, one a cast-off in Sam Darnold, another one the last pick in the draft last year, than a guy that we believe was going to be the guy. So if he's not working out, he does not have a long leash because they've shown that leash is never long if they believe that you can't produce to the liking of the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, their head coach. Yeah, listen, I, I think that's all true. And I also think back not all that long ago, Freddie, the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. They decide – we're going Purdy. It was never in doubt that it was going to be Purdy. And we're going to move on from Trey Lance. And we traded him away for virtually nothing. And it's not all that long ago where they gave up an absolute boatload to go and get him yeah. because they thought he was their guy. And the phrase that just comes to mind now when it comes to Purdy, you better be right. You, you better be right when... You have drafted so brilliantly in every other place, mm-hmm. but if you have screwed that up so much that that is going to keep us from winning a championship, you had better be right on Brock Purdy being able to do that. And, Freddie, listen, all right, got the concussion situation here. Uh-huh. Maybe that plays, plays into the interceptions the other night in Minnesota. Okay. When he comes back, for the first time, there started to be a little bit of doubt around him from when he played poorly the week before no and then doubt. this. No doubt. So that has to disappear. That has to disappear, and he needs to be back really quickly. There's more pressure on him to be back really quickly to what he was before simply because of the decisions that were made. Spot on by Chris Carlin and for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We mentioned Kyle Shanahan, a 49ers head coach. Mr. Shanahan, how right do you feel about Mr. Donald replacing Mr. Purdy, Brock Purdy? I have as much confidence in Sam as I could have with someone that I haven't gone into a real NFL game with. Uh, he was great in the offseason. He's been great here in these seven weeks um, so far, and he's always ready to go. He's great in the meetings and stuff. He doesn't get many reps, as no backups do, but uh, he does it well on the scout team. He's always good in the meetings. I heard the same thing about Trey Lance in the offseason. Huh. Kyle Shanahan, you mentioned quarterback whisperer. He's also a quarterback spin doctor. Man, uh, <laughs> when you heard him talk about Trey Lance in the offseason, Chris, you swore that this was going to be the second coming of Joe Montana. And the minute that they realized that he was not going to be Montana Fouts from softball, they moved out from him and drafted him and sent away to the Dallas Cowboys. He is really, really good of not letting the media know exactly how he feels. He has the best poker face at these press conferences. Bill Belichick is nothing on Kyle Shanahan, especially comes to talking about quarterbacks. I heard the same narrative about Trey Lance, which means that if I'm Sam Darnold, that should give me reason to pause because he's letting you know, if you don't get it done, I'll go find somebody else. If Brock Purdy doesn't get it done, I'll go find somebody else. I know my system is quarterback friendly. If you're a quarterback enemy of it, I will get somebody else to make sure that it's not risk adverse to derail this thing in San Francisco. Here's my question, though. How many bites at the apple does he get there? Sam Darnold? No. How many bites at the apple does... John Lynch get there, frankly, and Kyle Shanahan get there, frankly. Well, well, they got a long-term contract. So, I mean, I'm not saying they're secure, 
But that's as secure enough because they came in together and they got a six-year deal, both of these guys, off the bat, and they just got extended. So they got a, that, that apple is a, a lot bigger now for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I, I get that, but this is an organization that has always been about championships more than anything else. And if you have constructed a team as well as you have uh, around that position, but you keep screwing up that one position. That, that's completely fair. All this right. is my this is my issue there. Maybe Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback that he wants, is not who he has now. Who who knows? They always think it long, might be Kirk Cousins. It for might be. Sake. See, I'm, <laughs> see, it's like you were in my head, which is a dangerous place to be, Mr. Chris Carlin. <laughs> but if Kirk Cousins potentially could be out there, he's the perfect guy for what San Francisco does. A guy that is accurate. A guy that can make any throw, short, intermediate, down the field. And you don't have to worry about saying, okay, if he's not getting it done, we got to try somebody else. You don't have to go to job lot to find a quarterback now if you're San Francisco. You bring in Kirk Cousins, that solves your problem for about two to three years before he gets closer to 40 years of age, and then you probably have drafted his successor that can learn under him. I, it, it, as soon as you said that, I said, boy, it's like you were in my head because he's going to be a free agent after this season, and if they don't believe that Brock Purdy is the guy and they got him at bargain basement rates, they will make a play to go after that guy in Minnesota called Kirk Cousins. I think it's absolutely possible. And he, when he was talking a few weeks ago about behind the scenes about what he would potentially go to, that he didn't want to get traded. Mm -hmm. But if I go somewhere, it better be with a coach I'm very familiar with and Mm -hmm. people who understand what I'm about, and Uh that's about family first. Uh Mm -hmm. All those things, Mm -hmm. I think, would fit with the 49ers. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, Chris, we really appreciate you extending your day before you have to have a good weekend. As a matter (laughs) of fact, man, you know how much we have much love for you, my friend. We also appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're the best, Freddie. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm at Chris Carlin for Harry Dogs today. I'm Freddie and Harry. By the way, the 49ers hope to be in good hands with Sam Donald in place of Brock Purdy. And this good hands moment of the week brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready each and every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Chad Brown is going to step in because Harry Douglas, like I mentioned, he is on on location, giving a fly to location when it comes to Oregon and Utah part of college game day. So when he steps in, meaning Chad Brown, we'll get to the football hell starting the Cleveland Browns and a decision they made almost 20 months ago. This is Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Freddie Coleman, along with you, you and you, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Our man Harry Douglas on the road today as he gets ready for Oregon versus Utah part of college game that he will be back in tomorrow. Chad Brown's going to stop by to co-host the rest of the show with me until 7 p.m. Eastern time. But we go, we we make it work together, just me and you. Bob, you can join the Freddie and Harry hotline by calling in at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. 20 months ago, the Cleveland Browns put themselves in football hell that is coming to fruition 20 months later. That was that day back in March that they made a trade for Deshaun Watson 
and gave him not one, not two, not three, but over $230 million in guaranteed money. He now has a shoulder injury. He is unsure how long it's going to last. So guess who's back under center again for the Cleveland Browns? P.J. Walker, who, by the way, they've won their last two games with him at quarterback. They beat the previously undefeated 49ers, and then they were able to pull out a win against the Indianapolis Colts with a lot of assistance from the referees. They missed a couple of calls down the stretch. Kevin Stefanski, why P.J. and not Deshaun Watson? I have as much confidence as Sam as I could have with someone. P.J.'s going to start this week. Uh, Deshaun's going to focus on his rehab. I just feel like with what happened in the game, landing on his shoulder, there's residual swelling that's affecting his throwing. I think it's the best thing uh, for him to rest this week and focus on the rehab. You know, as I've told you guys, I will always make what I think are the best decisions for our football team, for Deshaun, and I feel like this is the best decision for this week. Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, that's fantastic. Your organization did not make that best decision 20 months ago. Their fall guy was Baker Mayfield because the reports were out there. The air was cloudy. Man, we can't have this guy at quarterback. If you believe you can win a quarterback, we can't have this guy. And the Cleveland Browns said, you know what? We believe you're right. Let's go not only trade for Deshaun Watson, but give him all that money and guaranteed money. And I'll never forget when I was doing Freddie and Fitzsimmons with my man Ian Fitzsimmons. He said, you know, the NFL saw that and they said, y'all can go to football hell in Cleveland. But right now, Cleveland, with a championship-type defense, they have a Super Bowl defense. There's absolutely no doubt about that. They have that there. This is the best defense the Browns have probably ever had in their history. you got a terrific offensive line. you got some guys on the outside that can make plays. you got a couple of running backs, even though you lost Nick Chubb. You bring back in Kareem Hunt, that running game can still do more than be an above-average running game. And now you're a quarterback away. And the quarterback that you believed in, that you gave that $230-plus million in guaranteed money to, you don't know when he's going to come back this year from the shoulder injury. Or here's something else that Cleveland Browns fans that you don't want to hear, but you're going to hear it anyway. You don't know what you're getting from Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying he doesn't want to play football. I firmly believe he wants to be out there. He wants to prove all those naysayers wrong that basically said you derailed your career with your, with your off-the-field transgressions and allegations that allowed you to say, I'm getting out of Houston. And Houston said, beat it. And Cleveland said, we'll take you. By the way, does $230 million guarantee money sound good? Yeah, okay, sign right here. You don't know what kind of quarterback you're going to get now if you're the Cleveland Browns. And even if he's out there, when he comes back, who's to say that he's going to be right? But you're stuck with him. You are stuck with Deshaun Watson and for all that money. And here's something else. By the way, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining me today on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We look at the contract when it comes to Deshaun Watson. And we know that it's out there, $230 million in fully guaranteed money. They have a salary cap hit of $64 million for the next three years. If he does not play one down, let's say the Cleveland Browns say, we're tired of being in football hell with him. We're going to move on from Deshaun Watson. It's going to cost you in a salary cap hit in excess of over $64 million whether he plays or not in 2024, 2025, and 2026. The Cleveland Browns have basically thrown away money if Deshaun Watson does not work out in SX of over $400 million because he's getting his money, $230 million. That check's regular. But if he doesn't play in 2024, 2025, and 2026, that's a dead cap hit 
of $64 million each year. Add it up. That's the kind of football hell the Cleveland Browns have put themselves in, wondering, man, is he ever going to play again? Or if he does play again, what kind of quarterback are we getting? And we pay $230 million. And if he doesn't play, if he can't play, if he sucks at playing, we've got a dead cap hit of $64 million in 2024, 2025, and 2026. It's not just $230 million in guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson is costing the Cleveland Browns. It's almost in excess of $400 million. And they still don't know what they have with a guy like Deshaun Watson. Trade deadline is approaching. Your favorite team at the deadline. What do you want to see them do? Let me know on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and on the Dr. Pepper call on line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you're a Cowboys fan, what do you want to see your team to do? If you're a 49ers fan, what do you want to see your team to do? If you're any team out there, if you're a fan of any team, you're saying to yourself, man, they got to go get Derrick Henry, or they got to go get this guy. I got to go get that guy. What do you want to see your favorite team do at the deadline? Let us know right now. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And for your sake, with the trading deadline, five days away, give or take a lie or two, that your team won't be in football hell. That potentially could be the Cleveland Browns' fate. I hate to do it to Cleveland Browns fans. They've suffered through so much. They've been through so much. And yet, here we are. Best defense your team has ever had. A Super Bowl championship defense and a football health decision they made almost 20 months ago could keep your team from getting to that promised land. We kick off NFL Week 8 tonight with the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How did the Buffalo Bills call it a bounce back by trying to do something that hasn't worked for years in the NFL? Keep it here on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.